At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. What's up, everybody? This is Brayden from Flint Mastering, and I am the host and content curator of the Mixing Music Podcast exclusive episodes. What you're going to hear today is an exclusive episode that DK and I recorded back in May of 2022. You'll have the chance to hear what our exclusive episodes are all about and how much fun and learning goes on between me and DK as we discuss technical tips and important techniques in relation to producing, mixing, and mastering. If you enjoy this episode and you'd like to be a part of the exclusive content we provide, you can do so by heading over to mixingmusicpodcast.com forward slash exclusive. Thank you so much for listening, my friends. We love you. We appreciate you. And we couldn't do this podcast without you. I hope you enjoy this sneak peek of the Mixing Music Podcast exclusive episodes. And with that, happy mixing, my friends, and stay saucy. Yo, 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 what up, everybody, and welcome to this exclusive episode of the Mixing Music Podcast. Thank you so much for subscribing so that you're able to hear this exclusive content. We thank you so very much. We could not do this without you, and we're super stoked to have you with us today. I'm your host, Braden from Flint Mastering, and joining us today on the episode is the legendary, the one and only, the future Grammy winning, the future million millionaire, <laughs> daddy, D. DK. How's it going, DK? <laughs> just funny. Um, just future Grammy winning, future future millionaire. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, I mean, to be, I guess I mean, DK I don't could be a millionaire it. right now, and we don't know about it. I don't but. doubt it. I mean, this is affirmations for sure. It's just funny. <laughs> this is, I've, you've never, I've never introduced anybody being like, this person has great desires to do something with their life. <laughs> well, I, uh, I only say that because I know your desires. I've seen the background on your computer screen, and I know so far you haven't won a Grammy. I don't know if you're a millionaire or not. You know, like they say, secret millionaire next door. So who knows? <laughs> we'll keep that a secret. <laughs> but <Cool>. definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> 
Cool. All righty. Well, uh, first off, how are you doing, DK? I'm doing fantabulous. Good. Fantabulous. And we hope all our listeners are doing fantabulous. We love you and we appreciate you. Thank you again for subscribing. All righty. So today we're going to be getting into a clip from Gregory Scott, who is a super awesome mix engineer. He's a legendary YouTuber under his channel, The House of Kush, and he makes super dope plugins under the name Kush Audio. So make sure you check out his YouTube channel, House of Kush, and some of those plugins. They're absolutely incredible. Uh, he does mix bus processors. He's got EQs, and th they're all really cool because they don't have like specific frequency numbers on them. They have uh, words to describe what they're going to do. But anyway, so in this clip, Gregory talks about the idea that everything affects everything. And I'm going to let Gregory explain that a little more. So roll the tape. But in particular with mix engineering, what you need to get your head around and what is perhaps the one thing that beginning and even early intermediate mixers have no concept of is the idea that everything affects everything. Back to EQ on a mix you're trying to make brighter, you want to hear the fastest way to make a mix really bright, put a high pass filter on your mix, 12 dB per octave or 18, and sweep it up to 200. And then just listen. The mix is going to sound bright. Now, you're not going to like the sound because all of your lovely low end has been lopped off, right? But the point is, without the bass, suddenly everything feels way too bright maybe too hard or edgy, you'll start to hear like some of the defects in your mid-range that way because they're not being masked by the bass. That doesn't mean you have to fix those defects. With the bass in, those defects suddenly become charms or assets. My point here is if you want to make a mix brighter, a lot of times, actually I'm going to say most of the time with this particular topic, you need to shape your low end better. You've got too much of something. If you have too much 40 to 60 hertz, which is really common, people mixing in small rooms. If you have too much 40 to 60 hertz, the mix is going to feel heavy. It's also going to sound dark. Awesome. So as you heard in that clip, Gregory talks about the idea that everything affects everything and that sometimes the problem is not where you think it is. The problem is somewhere else in the mix. And it's something that everybody struggles with, especially low end with a lot of people nowadays mixing in small rooms, mastering in small rooms. Um, so DK, how has this idea of everything affects everything affected you and your mixing career? Yeah, this is actually a really important point. I've tried to mention it a few times in like the main content series. Um, the thing about the everything affects everything is super duper important. And, and I have like a little, almost like a little uh, thought Schrodinger's cat kind of thing, but for audio, right? So if you have a 1K shelf that's up boosted 3 dBs, right? You have a 1K shelf. 3 dBs uh, from 1K, um, and it's boosting the top end from 1K. And I turn it down 3 dBs. What have I actually done? I've cut out the low end, right? So it's a low shelf, uh, 3 dBs, if I turn the volume down. Now, if I do the same thing, if I boost or if I cut uh, 3 dBs uh, high shelf from 1K, and then I turn up the volume 3 dBs overall. What have I actually done? I've created a low shelf plus 3 dBs, right? So, um, yes, when I cut out the low end, you're also making things brighter. So there's there's kind of 
two ways to make things brighter, right? And, and the same, I, by the way, I love Kush Audio and love Greg Scott and everything that he does. Um, but uh, it's it's the thing where there's two ways to make things brighter. One, you can boost the top end, obviously, right? Make it brighter, but you can also cut the lows and it does the same thing. One of my favorite settings on the FabFilter Pro Q3, on the bottom in like the settings area, there's, uh, button like automatic gain. It's it's a capital letter A, and I leave this on almost ninety five percent of the time. And any time that I make a cut with the Procreate, so what it does is it's um, anytime I make a cut or a boost, it changes the volume, the output volume of the EQ to match its original like. Like kind of match the original signal level, um, so that way when I cut, let's say I do a little shelf, or not a shelf, a, a bell curve minus ten dBs at one k, then what I've done is low key I've boosted the lows and the highs, right? That's what the EQ is doing because it's automatically putting the the uh, the gain back to where it originally was. So it's this it's fun to see it kind of when I do a lot of cuts, I'm not just cutting because it's actually restoring back the gain, the volume. It's boosting everything else to a certain degree. So no, I don't typically use boosting EQs, but because of that EQ and it has automatic gain uh, correction or whatever it is, uh, restoration, gain restoration, I don't know what it's called. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's because of that, I'm not just cutting. It's actually boosting as well. And it's very, and this is something that I think about quite often while I'm mixing, and everybody should be thinking about as well. I mean, even from a mastering engineer standpoint, you, uh, Braden, where if you do like a little boost at 3K, um, now there's also like Fletcher Munson curves and like perceived loudness kind of things that kind of get into it. But, I mean, to a certain degree, if you boost a certain frequency, it's because you like it. You're also low-key cutting everything else, especially when you go into a limiter, when there's only mm-hmm. so much volume that you can get out of it, mm-hmm. right? So it's like, yep. to, to a certain degree. And, and in the mastering phase, it's like way more subtle, so it's not as big of a deal. But this is something that we should all be thinking about. When, when I have, like, crazy-looking EQ curves, like it kind of it still sounds really great and i've posted about this before on social media where like i have crazy looking cuts and i'm i'm mostly a cutting dude like i cut a way more than i boost um mm. and i use but at the end of the day maybe i'm boosting way more than i cut because then i use pro q3 with the automatic gain uh compensation restoration button um but this is definitely <laughs> super duper important i think one of the secrets to mixing and balancing I, I don't mean to keep talking here but um this is something that i see often like in mixed feedback where when i'm doing like mixed feedback with people on twitch on friday mornings at 10 to 2 um oftentimes i hear a real lack of tonal balance so like either they have too much low end like gregory scott was saying or like way too much high end or like too much mid-range or not enough mid-range there's some sort of lack of balance between the frequencies which is either making me feel uncomfortable, like my, my ears start to feel like they're underwater, like there's pressure in them, which there's actually a physical sensation of bad bad uh, tonal balance. Um, but there's also like, it's just something that you can kind of hear. And maybe people have different bad rooms or speakers that aren't calibrated or, or just placed in a bad position in the room, probably more likely than anything else. Um and they're not able to hear the tone balance. So it's like coming out, balanced out the speakers, but the speakers aren't balanced out. You know what I'm saying? So uh, there's 
there's a little bit of nuance and balance here, but yeah, it's something that does dramatically affect. And oftentimes, like, okay, I bring back in that low end, or I bring back in that, like, if it's way too bright and it's making me feel underwater, I bring back in the mids and the low mids. Oftentimes, is usually the problem. People cut too much there. I bring back in the low mids, 300 to 500 hertz. I bring it back in. All of a sudden, that pressure is gone. Everything feels balanced. It's quite a strange, surreal experience where, um, it's it's tough to understand. So, like, I think the lesson to take away from this is uh, don't make things sound balanced out of your speakers. Make sure that your speakers are pushed, <laughs> like, put in a balanced place to begin with or, or placed or, like, you understand what they're supposed to sound like and reference a lot before you before you start uh, mixing. I, I'm not exactly sure where I'm trying to go with, but that this is a huge issue or something, a huge benefit if you can use it right. Absolutely. And this is something that I see a lot as a mastering engineer is mixes that come in that, like DK said, are not quite tonally balanced. And, you know, at that point, that's kind of, well, let me say this. I always like to quote DK in that the mix should take the song to 100% and then the master takes it to 110%. So let me preface what I'm going to say with that. But I guess in a way, it's kind of the mastering engineer's job to make sure that the tonal balance is there for whatever the genre is before the song goes out. If it wasn't achieved in the mix, then it's my job to make sure that there's not those problems, like we might see at 40 or 60 hertz with low end, or somebody has too much top end. Um, I have seen it all. (laughs) There's been a lot of songs that have way too much low end, and other songs that have way too much top end, sometimes obviously way too much mid-range, and it all depends on where people are mixing, what treatment they have, what their speakers are, And um, so like DK said, maybe it's not always the best idea to try to get something flat on your speakers because that might not actually be flat because they all have their own EQ curve. Yeah, because your speakers aren't flat. So if you get it (laughs) to sound flat out of your speakers, well, guess what? Now now your total balance is whatever your speaker output is. (laughs) Yeah. So unless you have, um, you know, and every every single speaker has its own frequency response, but unless you've got super, super high-end monitors that are probably as close to flat as you're going to get. Be careful with that. Um, one other thing that I... <clears throat> oh, by the way, just to... Just to I, be, I didn't mean I didn't mean to interrupt. No, good. Remember what you were going to say. You said one other thing you were going to say, but um, I was also going to say, too, with, like, I've I've done a lot of, like, super high-end monitoring. We're talking $10,000-plus monitoring systems and even up to $100,000-plus monitoring systems, and I've, I've worked a lot on these. And um, the flat is not the goal here. Uh, it's not the goal. Flat is not the goal um, for anybody listening. Sonarworks is great, but I still don't use it at 100% wet, and I definitely add a little bit of low mids because that's what I prefer. Um, mm. It's more important that you do what you prefer. And ATCs, for example, they don't sound good. There's no low end. The mid range is very, very forward and defined. But something about that design, and NS10s too, they sound like absolute shit, but because the mid-range is forward, people can get more picky with the mid-range, and it's like, and the translation works better. So that translation, so it's like, if you mix it and make it sound good out of the NS10s, then it'll sound good in the car and in the headphones. Like, that translation uh, is, is that's what's important. And higher-end speakers, uh, I tend to find, have better translation and more insight more like a magnifying glass on the audio rather than like Mm. for example i was listening to all of my mixes i got new airpods this week that gen 3 so it's not the pros but it's still like the pro shaped ones um and just trying to get listened to them and going back on my mixes none of my mixes sounded bad and i know i have some bad mixes in there but none of them sounded bad. Everything sounded good through my AirPods. And that's because with consumer audio, they're not, they're, 
hi-fi. Uh, and that was me doing air quotes. <laughs> I know that this is a podcast. You can't see me do that. But it's it's hi-fi. So like they usually do like a mid-scoop and like super low-end boost and top-end boost. Um, so you don't hear as many of the mix mistakes. Like all the mixes kind of sounded the same. And that's what you kind of get out of uh, nicer studio monitors, not hi-fi monitors. That's a totally different yeah. um, concept. Uh, it's meant more meant for pleasurable listening where studio monitors are more meant to reveal flaws. So like all of my mixes sounded amazing on the AirPods, but I know that they wouldn't through ATCs. And mm. and that's kind of the point as well. So I don't know exactly know how they do that magic. I, I think it's something to do with tonal balance as well as like tra- uh, transient translation and transducers, blah, 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 blah. But um, yeah, flat is not the goal. Sorry, that's all I want to say. No, that's fine. And I actually will echo that. It's This is like crazy timing. I was, uh, <clears throat> you know, like DK was talking about sonar works. He doesn't use it 100%. And, and this is off topic. We'll get back to Gregory Scott in a second. But there is a uh, hardware box called Trinov that does the same thing that Sonarworks does. But apparently it's better because it's $5,000 and it does phase <laughs> correction. And uh, they, I was learning a lot about it this week and seeing if it's something that, you know, is like worth the five grand. And someone was saying that, uh, I can't remember who it was, it was one of their audio professionals, but they basically said exactly what DK said, flat is not the goal. Like, you're not trying to get a perfectly flat response in your room. You know, like DK said, he boosts a little more low mids because that's what he likes. You know, for my own personal taste, I like songs to be brighter. When I'm mastering, I like a little more top-end shimmer, like a 40K boost or 20K boost. There's just something about that that I really like. I feel like it really opens opens up the master and opens the song for me um so just to totally echo what dk said it's not only dk it's these super hi-fi audio companies that are trying to help you with room correction even they are saying flat is not the goal so keep that in mind uh do with that what you will now back to gregory scott uh i was gonna say um actually you know what i totally forgot what i was gonna say now (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> now that we I, I told you to try to remember too. I knew this was going to happen. This is on I me. Know. You this told me so to remember, and then you said flat is not the goal, and then I started thinking about Turnoff. <laughs> I know, and I've looked into Turnoff too. They're actually a really, really cool company. Um, it's ba- yeah, it's basically like a more high end version of Sonarworks with proper phase court correction, which which. Sonarworks does not correct phase, and it's 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 actually really really dope. I think we did an episode about it like like six plus months ago me and lou when we first got it and it's it's not a joke like it is really really good um yes but i do still think that even with the great amount of correction correction that everything takes uh that it does um you should still like people should be spending a lot of time positioning their speakers better um but now i'm now realizing we're also really off topic with what gregory scott was saying with about tonal balance um, and how everything affects everything. I think that that's super important. I mean, I think it even goes as far as like compression as well. Compression is saturation. Like if I mm. compress the drums, that's going to that's gonna change the master and how the master or the drums are going to be perceived after a limiter or before a limiter. Um, so everything affects everything. But in this case, he's talking about EQ and this is something that like I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lie to you. Like I don't want people going out and be like I'm I'm cutting 1k and that's actually boost and thinking about that out loud it's not really a thought that I have like I'm not cutting 1k to boost the low end yeah. to boost the top end I'm cutting 1k because I don't like 1k you know yep. in this scenario so um don't overthink it but just recognize that this is something that is happening and if something is too bright then you have two options either make it 
less bright by cutting the top end or by boosting the low end and balancing it out. Um, and, and I say the word balancing it out because it is genuine. It's seriously a balance. I mean, tonal balance, it is a balance. Like you got to have a, a relatively same amount of low end as top end or not the same, but rather like there's a, like a relevance to how much top end versus low end and what humans are used to hearing. And, and you got to make it sound relatively real or else it's going to feel bad. It's going to have like physical pain or weird sensations on the ears and in the mind. Definitely. And I remember what I was going to say now, so it's all good. <laughs> but I was going to talk a little bit about, um, you know, like Gregory Scott said, if you want to make something brighter, then cut the low end. And like DK just said, if you want to make it less bright, then you can boost the low end. So something that I've been looking at a lot recently and using are tilt EQs. FabFilter will do this. You could get uh, Mixland's uh, Jesse Wright Ernster's tilt EQ. It'll do that. Um, I'm trying to think of any others. But basically what a tilt EQ does, if I understand correctly, it puts like a dot in the center. If, if you're thinking about this on the FabFilter with its line, it puts the dot in the middle. Or wherever it, you want it to. Or, or wherever you want it to. And then it's going to lift the top. I wish you could see what I was doing with my hands. But it's going to push the top up and then push the bottom down. So it's going to create this kind of diagonal axis that you can shift either way. So if you want more low end, you tilt it. It'll push the low end up and it'll bring the top down. And it'll do vice versa if you want more top over low end. Yeah, and that's something absolutely. that I've found is like really helpful in mastering um, and not doing a lot of it either. Like half a dB, may, maybe one dB, uh, at least in the mastering phase. I'm sure in mixing you could get away with a lot more. But um, in, in my case, you know, just half a dB, even that can really honestly shape the sound of a mix and change the sound of a mix to where it's more pleasing or more enjoyable to listen to and has more of that balance. So. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think a tilt EQ is actually quite underrated, and uh, even in the mixing phase, is super duper important to use. I don't think it's a um, it's an everything tool. Like if you if I only had that, I'd kind of be screwed. But um, basically, what it looks like visually, it looks like a teeter totter. As one end as one end goes up, the other end goes down. Yep. And and so you kind of rebalance. If you do like for example half a dB, so if you do minus five dBs tilt, which first off, I don't know where that number comes from. Is that from the end of the spectrum or is that like 10 dBs or 10 hertz out? You know what I'm saying? Five. Yeah. But anyway, if you think about it, if you're cutting five dBs, let's say it's a flat shelf, right? If you're cutting five dBs in the top end and boosting or 0.5 dBs in the top end and boosting 0.5 dBs in the, in the low end, you're really doing one dB of correction. Does it make yep. sense the difference there? So yeah, half think like in half increments. So even like quarter dB type things is okay and does yeah. a lot with. But with tonal, uh, yeah, I think that's a really good point, um, especially with, with mixing stuff, like doing some sort of tilt. It doesn't always work, but it can a lot. Um, and that's totally dependent on like what's needed. Um, yeah, because boosting the low end and cutting the top end is exactly the same thing. So it's... Yeah, it's. I think tilts are really, really underrated and very, very important to use. Something that everybody should be thinking about. And that's really most most EQs you can emulate a tilt. A Pro Q three has it. I don't know if any of the default EQs have it, um, but basically it's like a high shelf, low shelf at the same frequency. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, if you wanted to try to do it on your own in like a standard plugin, I guess you could start boosting it like. Well, actually, I'm not going to suggest that. That might get weird. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, get, I'm, get the yeah. FabFilter Pro Q3. <laughs> yeah, that's like one of those plugins where it doesn't sound good at all. It's just the utility of it is just amazing. Yes.
Yeah. The dynamic EQ, the audio gain compensation, tilts and all sorts of curves with unlimited points. Like it's one of those where it's kind of expensive and it doesn't sound different, but the utility of it is very, very nice and flexible. Absolutely. I, I would say it is the uh you could say it's the industry standard for EQs right now. I feel like everybody and their mom has it. Um but uh yeah, so here's the challenge for this week. Try to in a mix that you're doing number one use a tilt eq see what it does check it out see if you like it see if it works for your mix it might not like dk said not everything works in every scenario and to think so would be silly to say the least so try a tilt eq number two don't don't do a tilt eq but try cutting the low end and see how that affects your mix like gregory scott said do a uh, do a high pass filter go all the way up to 200 see how that makes your mix sounds, and then back it off until you feel like there's enough low end, and maybe that's a good balance for you. You never know. And then vice versa, do a low pass filter, go like take off the top end as low as you want and see how it affects the mix. Obviously, it's going to sound like it's underwater. It'll sound lo-fi, but um, just do it as an experiment, as a test to see what you like. And then, like DK said, do like a big old bell curve 10 db cut in the mid-range and see how that affects the low end of the top end or you could even do a 10 db boost in the mid-range and see how that affects the low end and the top end and doing kind of these big large crazy moves will help you get an understanding of what you like what you want out of a mix and how doing these things affects the other elements in the mix because like gregory scott says everything affects everything so with that in mind go out into your studio or I guess if it's in your home, go into your studio. You don't have to go out and uh, try out some of these things. And thank you so much for listening. We appreciate all of our subscribers so much. Like we always say, and we'll continue to say it over and over again, we couldn't do this without you. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Make sure that you join the Mixing Music Discord where there's a ton of like-minded individuals who are all into mixing, mastering, producing, that uh, all get together and chat and help each other. And DK and Lou are in there so you can ask them questions. Make sure that you leave us a five-star review on whatever platform you listen on. It really, really helps the show. And like DK said, try to catch his Friday morning mix feedback streams at 10 a.m pacific standard time where you can submit your song and he'll give feedback on it which honestly i have watched almost every single one and they are so incredibly helpful and everybody that comes to dk for mixed feedback loves it like everyone in the chat just like goes bonkers when he's mixing their song <laughs> or excuse me not mixing yeah, their they song go giving, bonkers. Giving they, they're like they're like <laughs> offering me their children and <laughs> yeah. and things of that nature you know yep thousand dollar <laughs> donations 50 million bits <laughs> No, but it is it is super helpful. Um, so be there Fridays. And uh, yeah, with that, we will wrap up this episode. Time for another one of my... Well, actually, I'll let DK do the signature catchphrase because I did the one last time. So DK, sign us off. Well, happy mixing, my friends, and stay saucy. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.